Well, in Lower and Upper GSMA, those are our children's groups here on a Sunday morning, um, we've been looking at seven different signs in John's Gospel, the book of John. And these are different miracles that Jesus did during his ministry time here on earth that John chose to write about in his gospel. These are all signs that show us more about and point us to who Jesus is. And this morning, we are going to share that with you. So we start off in John chapter 2 with Jesus turning water into wine. And we saw there in the video passage, um, didn't we? The incredible story of how Jesus turned, had the power to turn water into wine. How could he do that? I know I can't, and I don't think any of you can either. Well, Jesus was able to do that because although he was fully human, he was also fully God. Wow, Jesus shows that he is God, but also... Did he just turn a little bit of water into wine? No, there were six large jars full. And I mean, was it just, you know, it was okay wine, you know, just, yeah. No, it was the best. He filled them all with the best. Jesus provided abundantly for them. He gave them the best and lots of it. We have a God who is so generous to us. He provides for us. He gives us all that we need and more. And today we're going to be thinking a little bit more about what it is that he's given us. John wrote his gospel so that we could know about it. And so we're going to explore, be exploring together this morning to remind us what it is that Jesus has given us. Well, we've also been learning a memory verse together. Well, certainly in lower GSMA we have anyway. And so I thought it would be great if we learnt it all together this morning. So lower GSMA, stay where you are for now, but I'm hoping that I'll hear you nice and loudly, okay? So we've got some actions to go with it as well. Let's have a look at the first bit, okay? We're in John chapter 20, verse 31. But these things are written... So you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Fantastic. Should we say that again together? Are you ready? But these things are written so you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Excellent. Next bit. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. John 20 verse 31. Fantastic. Let's do that second bit again. You ready? And by believing, you may have life in his name. John 20 verse 31. Fantastic. Well, if you're able, can I ask you to stand? Let's say it all together and then we will um, carry on. Fantastic. Are you ready? But these things are written so you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name. John 20, verse 31. Fantastic. Okay, so number two. We're on to number two. I've got a watch here. 
that is set for time of one o'clock. Why don't you open your Bibles with me? We are in John chapter four, okay? Just so that you can see um, what, see the story as we summarize it together. So in John chapter four, see if you can find that big number four for me on page 1066 of the church Bibles, but we're starting at verse 43. Okay, so Jesus has traveled back to Cana, the place where he turned water into wine. And a royal official heard that Jesus was in Cana. And so he traveled from Capernaum, where he lived, to Cana. Okay, he went on quite a long journey. Yep, he's going on a very long journey. Excellent. Probably would have taken him a few days walking. Okay, and when, after all that walking, he got to Jesus. Excellent, thank you. Um, he begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. But Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. But the royal official said, sir, please come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. So he journeyed back on his way. And the man took Jesus at his word and he left. While he was still on his way, his servants ran to meet him. Can you run to meet Oscar? There we go. Lovely, Rodney. Yep. Go on, Miriam, you too. Lovely. Excellent. And they told him that his son was living. They were so excited. And so the man asked them, what time did my son get better? They said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. And this was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judah to Galilee. And did you hear that bit at the end? or near the end, the man took Jesus by his word and departed. He left. He believed what Jesus had said. He didn't continue to keep begging him and make Jesus come all the way to his house to see it happen. He heard what Jesus said to him and believed. And the more we hear about, we hear God's words, the more we can learn about who he is and all that he has done for us. Which is why taking the time to read the Bible and understand it is so important. God's word, the Bible, helps us to see more and learn more about who Jesus is and all that he has done for us. So that, as John chapter 20 verse 31 says, we might believe and have life in his name. The next sign that Jesus did, and Emily is going to come up and read the passage to us. So if you want to, hopefully you've got your Bible still open in John, but this time we're in chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the the lame, the paralyzed. 
One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Emily. Hi, everybody. I'm John. Great to see you. And uh, thanks, Emily, for reading that amazing story. Actually, in church this evening, that's our main focus. I'm going to be speaking on it tonight. So if you want to know more, come along. But just a few things now. What's going on here? Well, it's to do with our third prop here, the exercise mat, which kind of could double up as a bed if you were desperate enough. And uh, what's happening? Well, this disabled man has been waiting for 38 years to get better waiting by the water. And then Jesus turns up, as we've heard, and with just a word, he heals him. And the man picks up his mat and goes home. Absolutely incredible. You know, when people uh, have got an injury, a serious injury, say with one of their legs, and they have an operation to make it better, it will often take them weeks before they can walk again. They've got to have therapy and all things to kind of strengthen the muscles. Not this man. He was better immediately Jesus spoke the word and away he went, carrying his bed with him. Incredible. But the religious leaders at the time didn't like it because it had happened on a Saturday, which was their special day, their holy day. And two things were wrong from their point of view. One, Jesus shouldn't be healing people on their holy day. And two, the man shouldn't have picked up his mat and carried it home because their tradition said that you couldn't. But if you think about it for a minute, if Jesus had the authority to just speak a word and the man was going to get up and walk again, can you really imagine that he was going to be too worried about a few man-made religious rules? I don't think so. And certainly he wasn't. I think about that more this evening. But then I just want you to see what happens a bit later at the end of the passage where Jesus meets that man that healed, healed, he had healed in the temple. Verse 14, later Jesus found him at the temple and said, see, you're well again. Stop sinning, stop doing bad stuff or something worse may happen to you. Now it's important that we see what's going on there. You see, Everything sad and broken that happens in our world is a reminder of something really important. It's a reminder that our world itself and we ourselves are broken and messed up. That doesn't mean that when hard things happen, it's always because of something we have done. But whenever hard things do happen and whenever we see things that are messed up and broken, it does remind us that we're in a broken world and that we're broken people. 
And when we read the rest of the Bible, what we find is that the real brokenness, the real problem, the real thing that's gone wrong is what the Bible calls our sin. And I know some of you in GSMA, you know what sin is, don't you? It's not Mars bars. It means something like, shove off God, I'm in charge, no to your ways, S-I-N. Yeah, should we say that together? Shove off God, I'm in charge, no to your ways. That's our big problem, that we've told God to go away. And we've said we want his place instead. And that's what the Bible calls sin. And it messes us up. Now, the great news is that Jesus died on the cross to take away all our sins so that we can be forgiven and set free. And that's what we're going to be thinking about today as we take communion together and remember Jesus' death on the cross for us. But just like the man, just like Jesus said to that man whom he'd healed, stop sinning so that nothing worse happens to you. Jesus says to us, okay, before you come to communion, just take a moment and think about the things that are broken and messed up inside our lives. And let's say sorry for those things and turn away. So we're going to do that with uh, some words that are going to come up on the screen. And uh, I'm going to read some of them. It's a prayer of confession. And then whenever it says, we're sorry, Lord, please will you join in together with me. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for us so that we can be forgiven and can know God as our Father. Thank you, Jesus, that we can trust in what you did for us on the cross. We come to you today to say sorry for the wrong things we thought, said, and done. There are times when we've ignored you and done things our way, and we want to say we are sorry. Lord. There are times when we have said and done unkind and selfish things. We want to say, we're sorry, Lord. There are times when we thought about ourselves more than other people. We want to say, we're sorry, Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you that when we confess our sins, our Father God has mercy on us and forgives us because you died on the cross and rose again. Thank you we can have new life in Jesus Thank you that as your people, the church, we can join together in remembering the rescue, remembering all he has done. Please help us to keep living by faith in Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to head towards sharing communion together. And often when we share communion, we're quite quiet because we're thinking about Jesus' death. And and so we're quiet as we reflect on that. But you know, Communion is also meant to be a celebration. It's a celebration because through his death, Jesus has given us life that lasts forever and he's rescued us from all that bad stuff, all that sin. And actually, the next two stories in John's gospel just remind us of those two things. Catherine. Great. So on our whistle-top tour, we're on number four. So, oh, that rhymed, didn't it? Okay, (laughs) that wasn't intentional. I've got a basket here. And I've got one, two, three, four, five loaves of bread and two fish. Hmm, I wonder where we're going. (laughs) Well, I wonder if you um, know this story. Do you remember when there were lots of people listening to Jesus and they were really tired and hungry, but Jesus showed us that he was God by feeding 
all of those people, thousands of people, with just five loaves and two fish. And there was even loads left over because Jesus is God. He is able to meet their physical needs. But not just that. Jesus went on to explain that he wasn't just there to meet people's physical needs, but also to give them all that they needed spiritually too. In verse 35 of John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus isn't, isn't just able to give us all we need for life now, but is also able to give all we need for life forever. Wow. And for those who believe in him, Jesus is able to, meet, to perfectly meet all of our needs, both now and forever. So when we come to communion today, we can be remembering Jesus who died to give us life. So that's the fourth sign, the fourth story to show us who Jesus is. The fifth one is this fantastic canal boat here, okay, which I've only got one hand to pick up. I'm not sure it was quite like this, but after Jesus had provided that amazing feast for all those thousands of people, his disciples got onto a boat. It would have been quite smart if it had looked like this, but it probably didn't. But anyway, it doesn't matter. They got into a boat and they started going across the lake, although Jesus stayed behind to pray. But as they were going across the lake, it got really windy and really rough. You know, like it's been with Storm Eunice the last couple of days. Think like that, okay? It was getting really seriously rough. And the disciples were finding it tough going, rowing against the wind and thinking, would they make it to the other side or was their boat going to get turned over? Well, do you know, years and years earlier, there'd been another time when God's people had needed to get across some water to escape from an army that was coming for them. And when Moses prayed, God had opened a path across the water so that they could get across safely. And now, as the disciples need to get across some water and get to the other side safely, and they're worried, are they going to do it? Jesus comes along. He's walking on the water because that's no problem for him. And then he gets in the boat and takes them safely to the other side. Verse 19 of the passage when they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, they were frightened, but he said, it's me, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him on the board, onto the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Amazing, they were safely there, because Jesus is the great rescuer to get us across safely. And then that same way for us too, Jesus came to rescue us, as we've seen, from our sins, and our sins that lead to death. He came to get us safely through life, across death, to live with him forever and ever. So just as we remember in communion that Jesus is the one who gives us life because he gave his body on the cross for us, so also we remember that he is the rescuer who takes away our sins and brings us through death to life. But these things are written so you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in his name. John 20, verse 31. Fantastic. Okay, so we are on to story number, well, sign number six. Now, what do I use these for? What might I use these for? Do I just 
have them on here like this, and that's lovely. What do I use them for? To see, well, or to protect my eyes from bright lights, or, I mean, they are quite big, aren't they? Anyway, we're going to think about eyes, okay? So, I couldn't really bring mud this morning because I didn't think the cleaners would be too happy with me. So we went for glasses. Okay, so open your Bibles back up to John for me. We are in chapter nine. um, So you can follow along with me um, as as I summarize together. So we're in John chapter nine, um, starting at verse one. And here, Jesus was walking along with his disciples when he saw a man blind from birth. Can you imagine that? This man has not been able to see for the whole of his life. No watching beautiful sunsets, no seeing delicious chocolate cake, no seeing his family, none of that. Okay, if you're under 11, well, I mean, anyone is welcome to do this. I just reckon that probably under 11s would be more obliging. Um, Why don't you stand up for me? And can you stand up and see carefully if you can close your eyes and turn around for me? How is it? Is it, maybe it feels okay because you're kind of in one spot, but imagine if you had to keep walking around, that would be uh, quite tricky, wouldn't it? Okay, let's carry on with the story. Thank you. You're welcome to take a seat now. So Jesus saw this man and then... He spat on the ground, made some mud, and put it on the man's eyes. Ugh, gross. And then he told the man to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed, and do you know what? He came back seeing. Wow, Jesus shows that he is God because he has the power to heal a man who has never been able to see. But the the Pharisees, they didn't like this because Jesus had healed a man on the Sabbath. That was their holy day. Now, even though they didn't like this, it didn't stop the man from telling people that Jesus had healed him. He wanted to tell everybody who Jesus really was. Amazingly, he wasn't afraid to tell people that it was Jesus who had healed him. In verse 38 of chapter 9, it tells us, Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. This man saw who Jesus really was. He saw Jesus as king and he worshipped him. I wonder how you see and respond to Jesus. Do you see him as king? Do you worship him? So that's our final story, our final sign to tell us who Jesus is. He brings Lazarus back to life. Here's a little bandage to remind us of all the, uh, well, bandages, kind of grave clothes that Lazarus had. But right in the middle of that story, there's a point where Jesus says about himself, explaining it all. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And then he he raises Lazarus from the dead to kind of prove that he's got the power to give us eternal life. And that's where we're going to finish this morning with that promise that if our trust is in Jesus and what he's done for us in his death and his resurrection, 
we are promised that we will live with him forever. Just look closely. Who is it that Jesus says will live even if they die? Not the people who think they're good. Not the people who are super religious. Just the people who put their trust in Jesus. Anyone who believes in me, Jesus says, will live. So what about you? You might be young. You might be old. But who are you trusting in today? Have you put your trust in Jesus? Nobody can do that for you. Your parents can't make that choice for you. Your friends can't make that choice for you. You must decide whether you will put your trust in Jesus. I've trusted and followed Jesus for over 40 years, and it's the best thing ever in my life. I can't wait to be with him forever in heaven. Are you going to be there too, joining in the great celebration? Well, if your trust is in Jesus, you can say, yes, I'm going to be there. Catherine. And if you would like to find out a little bit more about that, then you are welcome to come and speak to us at the end. We'd love to have a conversation with you um, or to speak to your grown-ups who have brought you here. Well, isn't that so exciting that Jesus offers us life forever? Wow. Well, why don't we have another go at our memory verse as we celebrate? Remember, John wrote his gospel because he wanted us to believe and have life in his name. Now, Lower GSMA, um, I know we talked about maybe you coming up, but just for time, sorry, um, say it as loud as you can from where you are. Why don't you stand up for me and everybody else can stay sat down. There we go. Right. Are you ready? Nice and loudly all together. But these things are written so you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name. John 20, verse 31. Oh, super job, everybody. Fantastic. Fantastic.